0: Daniel, guess what time it is.
1: I'm guessing it's Brussels sprouts time, Jess.
0: Season two, bebe.
1: Wahoo, I'm
0: excited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were out of practice. Uh, we're back with a new episode of Brussels sprouts.
0: We're kicking off with the big dogs, the instant group. John and John.
1: Double John.
0: Two Johns for the price of what?
1: Some J on J action.
0: It's good, it's juicy, it's delicious and nutritious. It's Brussels sprouts.
1: Brussels sprouts. Hello and welcome to Brussels Sprouts, the UK's number one podcast, and this is true with Brussels Sprouts in the title. Um, That's true, actually. Uh, This week we are thrilled to be joined by John Duckworth and John Williams, Managing Director and Head of Marketing at the Insta Group. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi.
0: Welcome to the show. Two Johns for the price of one. Aren't we lucky? So we can tell John from John we're going to kick it off with a little quiz. Are you ready? It's a bit all star Mr. and Mrs. style, okay? <laughs>
1: I'm just
0: straight in. So, question number one Who has worked at the Instant Group the longest?
2: That is me. Five years.
0: Very nice.
3: Yeah, I support this answer. Very true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, who works the hardest?
2: Ooh. A sheer weight of emails probably me a sheer weight of meetings and and hustle i would say jd fair, you, fair? Well, very
0: diplomatic. He,
3: he, he's a fantastic diplomat and he's he just nailed it brilliant brilliant answer <laughs>
0: <laughs> who would you say is the funniest
3: you have to ask our wives and our friends and our children
0: I, I,
1: I think we have them live one second
2: <laughs> we have like a no joke rule in the office because our ceo is very serious so we try and keep board meetings particularly uh lucid and conservative right jd
3: well i i'm a i'm a yorkshireman so i'm probably pretty dour and he's a scouser so he's a bit dodgy so it's probably him
0: there you go no filter on this podcast don't worry let the humor go loose <laughs>
3: John, John's spitting feathers because no one knows about that Scouser thing. He's now going to go public.
0: <laughs> yes. An exclusive for the podcast. Um, who wakes up the earliest?
2: Uh, I currently, I've got a five-day-old five puppy called Eugene in my house, who is currently getting me up every morning at half five. So I suspect at the moment, though, JD, you've got four kids, so I also think arguably...
3: Yeah, I, 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 he's not a puppy or Eugene, but he is a, a son of seven who's called Robin. And he he crept into my, my bedroom at uh, 5.45 this morning. But I think John pips it with Eugene, I have to say.
0: <laughs> oh, Eugene, that is an absolutely adorable name. And then last but not least, who regrets coming on this podcast? No one, I hope. <laughs> that's, a,
3: that's a work in progress. So far, yeah. so good. No, no regrets <laughs> whatsoever.
0: not yet that's the main thing so to start off we're going to pitch you to you and tell everyone why the instant group is so fantastic so it's a 30 second elevator pitch please let me know i hope i do this justice okay daniel start the clock
1: so start go
0: So the Instant Group have been around for more than 20 years, placing companies in flexible workspaces. They find over 11,000 clients, a new workplace each year, placing clients in more than 150 countries. They've worked with over 43% of the FTSE 100 companies, including Amazon, Barclays and Booking.com. And they ranked 28 in the 2019 Sunday Times HSBC International Track 200. That's That's
2: awesome. awesome. Very familiar. Jessica, um, that's very almost, good. Almost like I wrote it, but also <laughs> with the addition that uh, we also manage around two and a half million square feet of workspace around the world. So we have uh, we are running offices for big clients like Amex or Barclays as far afield as Kuala Lumpur to Chicago, um, and that's probably something that not enough people know that we do is we do it on a white label basis for big companies yeah. and kind of uh, as a discreet bespoke service.
0: Very nice. I'm sorry for not doing that justice, That's but we got the good. point across.
1: What would you give her out of ten, guys? I think you got a very
2: good nine. Very
3: oh,
0: good. Just that one point. I think
2: with the ten. The words are definitely a ten
1: out of ten. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. you back to you. Jess, I give
1: you a big uh, a six, Jess. I think you could do better. So next time.
0: Always strive <laughs> to improve.
1: <laughs> um, Brilliant! Now we've got to know you guys a bit better. Let's um, jump into these questions. Uh, who's ready for some questions? Woo! <laughs> Bring them on! Right, three killer questions coming up. Not literally; they won't actually kill you. Um, whilst the government is encouraging businesses back to the office, uh, guys, working from home continues to be the new normal. When do you think the majority of businesses will begin to return to the office? John. <laughs> John, you go first,
2: mate. You're really good at this one. So, uh, look, without being boring about it, we've been tracking the data on this for a long time, not only through our clients, but the clients we're placing. Because, as I said, we're working from Sydney to San Francisco, it's been amazing to look at how lockdowns affected different countries and at different times. So, say, six weeks ago, we were speaking to our colleagues in Melbourne and Sydney who were back in the office and feeling bullish and confident. The flex market was starting to roll. Obviously, that's been paused now, but I, I spoke to them again today. Melbourne's about to come out of quarantine. They're starting to feel better again. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's just swings and roundabouts. I'm not really giving you an answer. My, in, the UK, answer. Well, in the UK, I think JD's about to say, what, what do you think, JD?
3: Well, I think the, the question is wrong. It's not when you go back to work, it's how you go back to work. Right. The reality is everyone's been working, but so we've just been doing it a different way. Yeah, You know, there's lots of people, actually, I should preface that, there have been clearly people who've been furloughed, et cetera, et cetera. But those have been, you know, engaged still. they've been working at home. Now, the really interesting thing is what's next about the methodology of work, the ways of working, and this is what's really interesting right now, is we've just had this massive social workplace experiment that's been accelerated, and I think the road back from today into the future Is is accelerated into companies looking at how, as opposed to when, and that's going to be a mixture of working from home, working in flex space, using the HQ in a fundamentally different way. So it's a fascinating time to be in the industry.
2: It is just to add to that. So this is going to turn into the world's longest answer now. But I think there's there is a difference there. JD says everyone has been working remotely, but have they been? Are companies managing? Are they coping, or are they proliferating, and are they growing and expanding? My view is, I think we've all done an amazing job of managing to work from home and work in the way we have. What is next is, okay, how do we grow? What do we need to do, do to grow? And that fits with John's answer perfectly, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think I read in the um, news this week that JP Morgan said its workforce of about 70,000 can now work from home part time. But I think it's striking that balance. So, like you said, not if we go back to the office or not, but how that transition takes place and what it looks like, the modern office.
2: Uh, everyone is, is is loving hearing these big pronouncements from the big brands because that's the attention grabber which gets the headlines, of course, and we're looking for a steer, but there is nuance in every single one of those big corporate answers, and J.P. Morgan is saying that, and of course, but they were a real work, five days a week, 12 hours a day culture yeah. from their head office, that's what you did suddenly they're doing what businesses like Instant and probably you guys have done for a while, which is you do work Fridays and Mondays at home and you do go into the office three days a week to meet colleagues. That's arguably going to be what we'll see in the future, not like a total, we're all working from home all the time.
0: Just the old school corporates actually catching up with flexible working. (laughs) I
3: think so. Yeah, it's important not to be kind of, uh, there's a lot of soapboxing and kind of binary statements happening. And I think, uh, you know, not the world's not going to wake up and say, you know what, we're all going to work from home now. You know, we've tried it, and it, there are what what it's done is uncovered elements which have surprised people, particularly in the boardroom. You know, for the first time, the C-suite has seen this thing, which is not before it was regarded as as somewhat strange and not particularly desired within a corporate. But actually, all the KPIs around productivity have generally held up, and I think what it means is that. That word choice has leapt into central relevance and people are saying, look, there's got to be another way from the binary attitude of bringing people in through the commute into an office in the CBD or into a campus. Let's look at choice and look at the combination of various vehicles out there to enhance
1: productivity as opposed to just having one kind of particular way of doing it. Um, do you think a lot of leaders are still scared of uh, sort of adopting that flexible approach? Because I think this week, the UK's put this big campaign together to get everyone back in London. Uh, but that actually goes against a lot of the sentiment of what uh, a lot of the employees are thinking, I think.
2: Uh, not I don't. Well, look, again, there's nuance to that one as well, isn't there? On the basis that if you're under the age of 30, I think the stats from LSE were that you've been working, living and sleeping in 9.3 square metres during lockdown. And that's not healthy for anyone and in, under any circumstances, right? I mean, JD, there was pretty much skid marks on the tarmac outside his house this morning. as He got on his motorbike and drove into the office. You've been on quarantine for two weeks you know, with four kids, a, a wife, cat and no pair. <laughs> so you know, you, we want to get into the office for different reasons. Managers will want you to be in the office for different reasons. Probably meetings, not presenteeism, but to see you, to talk to you, to see how you are. And I think this will be a real jump off point for a lot of managers to no longer feel that they need to see you all the time. They're going to want to see you some of the time to know that you're okay and you're doing well in the job, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, Uh, Oh, sorry, John.
3: Fundamental shift is this sort of closing together of corporate real estate, property views, IT and HR, that triumvirate about you know how companies infrastructure should be to be run has been forced together during COVID and I think you know the HR piece is really interesting as John's saying you know talent attraction retention it's so important now and I, I just think it, you know you're hearing all the time employees who are applying for new jobs are saying do I have flexible working and I think I just think now Pandora's box has been opened about this it's going to be very hard to put that back in and it's about blending it and again providing people with choice.
0: I mean, I definitely can't imagine going back five days a week, nine to five, but at the same time, I can't imagine working from home permanently five days a week either. I've definitely, I'm in that bracket of working in a very small, dark basement flat and it's getting a little bit claustrophobic now. Um, so when you think, when customers are looking for office spaces, what are the three main factors you find they're looking for? And how's that changed from pre-lockdown?
3: Well, health and safety is that is the is the primary concern right now they they want to make sure that whatever they're doing is going to protect their employees and you know you can get why that would be yeah the, the next thing is and, and in a way this is tracking the the, the 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 sort of journey we've been on the last six months the next thing is thinking over the horizon how can i inject agility into this particular decision i'm making which is really fascinating because we've got past this sort of chaos phase into, wow, this might actually become mainstream, this way of existing. And so they're all building in agility into their decision making, which is why I think we think, John and I think, the flex market is going to be even more relevant and become even more mainstream than it has been over the past kind of 10 years. Suddenly it becomes this utility that enables businesses to make sensible, smart decisions that you know, track uncertainty that track this lack of visibility past day two, three a bit business planning horizon. So for me, it's two primary drivers, health and safety first and foremost, and then building an agility into your decision making.
2: And, and look, we, we've already seen some of the data you asked, you know, what are people looking for in offices, but we're seeing already they're looking for regional spaces and types of spaces they haven't looked for before on, on mass. So previously, the London market was flying city centre, West End, you name it, or, or Bristol or Manchester during lockdown. And ever since, we're seeing a very different market emerge in the suburbs of London, but also in probably towns. You know, I have speaking to some of the guys that offer space in town. Their Northampton centre has been 99 percent full now for the last few weeks, because I think you know, you've got a lot of commuters and people who wouldn't normally take that space. They're in. You know, they, they want to spend two days a week there.
1: And what the phrase I I quite like that I've been hearing a lot recently is uh, it's not work from home, but it's work from near home is what people want. People want to work somewhere, but they don't want to essentially uh, travel that far anymore. And that's what they're realising after this pandemic, that actually, I don't need to travel like miles, two hours to get into work. I could just nip to a flexible office space around the corner and do everything there. The UK has got one of the worst
3: productivity uh, KPIs in any of the G7, if not the worst. I do believe that part of the reason for that is our you know, need for presenteeism is a rather old-fashioned approach to the purpose of the office, and commuting is one of the key drivers around that. And I, I, I do think that what you're going to see, and you're already seeing signs of this, that cities, towns like Brighton, Oxford, Cambridge, you know, Weybridge, they're going to start to see, you know, a lot more interest. And you're seeing it now. People are making inquiries. on both the supply side and the demand side it's interesting i think you're going to see landlords starting to de-risk more and more into regional cities out of big cbds going forward
0: yeah i've seen that phrase it's not the death of the office it's the death of the commute um and i think the city like it's never going to fully die but hopefully what will happen is just an like more even distribution of wealth across the uk so long term it could be a really positive change
2: It it, it could could definitely be. And that's one potential outcome. But I think you're already seeing the higher Pinterest just turn their back. They paid $90 million to get out of a lease they were just signing in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And they're keeping their existing office space because they said it's not the new lease wouldn't have matched their new footprint. They want to hire a wider spread of people with a more diverse background in more diverse locations. So having a big flagship in the Bay Area wasn't going to enable that. So they're now rethinking that strategy to think, well, what joins us together to allow us to hire a wider spread of people, which is one of the first really big corporates to vocalise that well, I think.
1: Very cool. Um, do you think the with the rise of remote working, could this mean the end of the traditional nine to five working week as we know it?
2: Uh, well my view on this i i don't think so i i think lockdown has been worse i don't know about you guys my my nine to five has turned into like a seven to seven seven till nine because you're on emails i think we've all been working hard during lockdown anyway but it's really hard to switch off without delineation of the working day when when you don't have a commute whether it's a cycle or a motorbike or a train it's very hard to bookend a day and that was a problem pre-lockdown but now i think from a lot of people i speak to it's it's really bad and zoom calls just seem to fill up your diary and before you know it you're chocker I, the best working days i've had when i'm is when i've gone back into the office and you know when you leave at six or half six or whatever you've done and you're just gonna you're gonna switch off i, I think jd what do you reckon
3: I, I i agree with that and you know that comes back to your point jessica about you know it's not the death of the office the office helps bookend your working day in a in a, in a good way and I, I i do think this is creeping sort of Way in which what the way we're working now can actually invade on your personal space. This is not healthy, and it's why that binary end of the spectrum of working from home is not sustainable either. So it's you know it's all about choices across the spectrum to put together something that actually helps with things like well-being, making the right choice about when and where you want to work. And either end of the spectrum is not particularly
1: healthy, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it's a good point. How, how are businesses sort of monitoring things like well-being now where everyone's at home? Um, does that come up much in your line still?
2: We're, we're hearing it from a lot of the corporates, the, the big companies we're speaking to now. HR is speaking to the, CR, the corporate real estate teams. They're figuring it out. They, they need to speak to the technology teams to work out how it all fits together. Yeah. How are you going to track that? How do you monitor if staff are feeling productive, valued? Are they, are they simply well from a mental health uh, perspective? as I said, about getting enough visibility with the managers. That's a wellness issue as much as a presenteeism thing. So that is a thorny issue I think HR and and real estate are going to have to work on for the next year, two years, before we settle into a new pattern. Because you know know what it's like. You meet up as a team on remote working, and it's great to see faces and interact. But it's not the same as really seeing them in, in whatever environment, is it?
3: I think you're going to see the rise of prop tech That's been, you know, it's been talked about for 10 years, but PropTech's going to kind of play this this sort of management janitorial role to help coalesce teams across functions to help, you know, rise productivity levels and and look after and curate well-being in a a way that's never happened before. It's going to have to be multifunctional across all these vehicles and across these ways in which people work, but it's going to be a really fascinating evolution of the prop tech side of the industry, in my opinion.
2: Super exciting. I mean, it, it, it really, everything about workspace in the office could be changed up evocably in fi- less than five years, I reckon. And, uh, but I think it will we'll all be the better for it, if we can democratise the commute, as Jess said. And that's just the start.
0: Yeah I think we've seen the same the sort of acceleration in IoT and all these sort of technologies that are a bit of a like nice to have but not a need to have and then people are suddenly demanding that from a safety perspective but also in terms of adding value to the workspace and also like inducing the wellness of a workspace in terms of clean air and temperature and all those sort of things and like you said, John, like that will have to connect to different ways of working, whether it's at home or remote and all that data will have to be placed in one place. But it's just accelerated it. Whereas I think before, people were kind of taking the bare minimum. It's, you know, in terms of flexible working and technology and all of that, it's just been fast track. So it's it's very exciting.
2: Exactly.
0: Not as exciting as our quiz we've got coming up.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> like a quiz. Uh... John, John yeah. does, does the pub quizzes for instance so I suspect he's going to be loving this
1: uh, Not as good as you're thinking so that's just getting oh. that out straight away Yeah
0: and don't undersell yourself I've been looking forward to this all day
1: Yeah yes 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 of course uh, Have you ever seen Play Your Cards Right with Bruce Forsyth? I, I have a dim and distant memory of that yes Yeah I'm not quite
2: <laughs> that old but yeah
1: Come on if I've seen it you've both seen it Right <laughs> okay, uh, I, What was his catchphrase on it? Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, right. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask I'm gonna say a statement and it's gonna have a, a number in it, a percentage number, and then right. you're gonna tell me, you're all gonna tell me one by one whether the actual number is higher or lower.
0: And you'll be really negative to, to get it wrong.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's
3: what you said. Higher, lower, yeah. Got it. Right, oh, yeah. let's go.
1: Is it higher than okay, so in April 2020, 50% of people in employment worked from home. Uh, is it is the real stat higher or lower than that in April 2020? One sec, Jess. Shot.
0: Higher. Everyone was working from home. <laughs>
1: JW. Higher. April 2020. Higher. Right. Okay. Let's look at the answer then, shall we?
0: Ooh.
1: In fact, it was. Forty-six percent of people did some work at home in April, twenty twenty. Lower. That literally
0: goes against government guidelines. That doesn't make sense.
1: Doesn't make any uh, sense at all. Well, this is an official. These are stats. I've not made them up. I found them on some website. And if you got- <laughs> uh, Well, Daniel, that that you've
3: just given the game away. Some website that's not filling me with great <laughs> enthusiasm about the uh, the data there. But hey, we'll believe you.
1: <laughs> it's hundred percent true. Um, okay. <laughs> Right. Okay. Next question: Of those that did work from home, twenty-five percent worked more hours than usual. Is that higher or lower? John W. Higher.
2: I think that's lower than actually did. If that makes sense. I think more higher people than worked.
1: Lower. Jess.
0: Um, I personally work less hours, so I'm going to go lower.
1: You <laughs> fired. Um, it is. Um, it is higher, it's 30% of people Ooh. worked uh, more hours than usual.
0: Sounds like they're all made up by John W, to be fair, <laughs> working <laughs> seven to seven. Sounds
2: like some instant stats going on
1: here. I said <laughs> the, um, the answers before we started. Um, okay, next one. 60% of people living in London worked from home in April. Higher on Can
0: you say again?
1: Uh, so it's same question again, but very specific to London. Um, and 60%, higher or lower?
0: I think higher.
2: I would say higher.
1: Yeah, higher. It's lower. It's 57% of oh. people work worked from home.
0: I think you're just making these up so it doesn't even matter anymore.
1: <laughs> no, no, This is factually. That's why I picked it so close to the answer, so it's close. Oh. Hard to guess. Um, that's what Bruce would do. Take it up with him. <laughs> okay. of companies plan to permanently shift to more flexible working options post-Covid.
0: Lower.
2: Word again, so permanently home working. Say
3: the
1: question again, Daniel, I missed it. Yeah, 65% of companies plan to permanently shift to more flexible working options post-Covid.
3: I'm, yeah, I, I can't I couldn't quite He kept honestly he kept breaking out. I'm not stalling, but uh what it By I'm gonna let that John John I'll back to what John
1: says for, oh, for once in my life. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I to say lower on the basis that I don't think that many people have come gone public as yet.
1: Jess, what did you say?
0: I also said lower first, I led the way here. Yeah, so totally.
1: <laughs> uh it's higher, it's seventy four percent. Nice, nice totally, totally uh, feigning. We'd we'll have to
2: cut. This like we're, like yeah. we're not presenting on this tomorrow, John, is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but bear in mind, this is from some website, so I have, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, a two thousand nineteen state of remote journal surveyed two thousand five hundred flexible workers and found that eighty percent of respondents said they wanted to work more flexibly, at least some to some extent, for the rest of their career. Wow. Oh, yeah. Higher, higher. Ninety-nine percent said they would like to work more flexibility.
0: Ninety-nine. That's 99, ridiculous that's, as well.
1: That's almost a hundred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is, and that's the quiz, and that's the show. Uh,
1: we'd like to
2: like to see those stats, actually. If you can send them over to us, uh, we're going to go ver- verify them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're actually all taken from your website. So, pulling <laughs> um, BS uh, of yeah. it. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us john and john i hope you've had fun
2: it's been great a pleasure thank you
3: very much thank you guys thank you good to meet you jessica thanks daniel cheers
0: real so So, please everyone tune in next week for some more delicious and nutritious brussels sprouts content and you'll be able to find this in all our podcasts and all noteworthy streaming platforms brussels sprouts
1: brussels sprouts
0: Give me a beat. The instant group came on the BS show. We did a little quiz, but they did not know if it was high or if it was low. Oh, oh.
1: That's a wrap. That's your wrap, everybody. Brussels Sprouts Season 2 Episode 1 has kicked off with a bang. What an episode. Tune in next week for more Brussels Sprouts coming in your ears. Brussels Sprouts.
0: Brussels Sprouts.